February 27, 2024. This is the regular meeting of the City Council, also acting as the successor agency to the Redevelopment Agency, the Rialto Utility Authority, and the Rialto Housing Authority. Madam City Clerk, may I get a roll call, please? Mayor Robertson? Present. Mayor Pro Tem Caracelli? Present. Councilmember Trujillo? Present. Councilmember Scott? Present. City Attorney Eric Bell? Present. City Manager David Hunt? Present. Okay. Um, yes, uh, City Manager Carmi. Thank you, Mayor, members of the City Council. Good evening. Um, Councilmember Joe Baca Sr. asked me to um, explain that he would be unable to be here this evening because he's incapacitated. He had a, a surgery and he's recovering from that. I spoke with him today. He's doing very well. He sends his regards, but he's not going to be able to be present tonight for this meeting or the, the regular meeting okay. later. All right. We'll let the record note that. Okay. Um, I would um, probably. Uh, say appreciate he uh, notified uh, you and uh, that's fine I think he probably should also inform uh, the clerk's office because uh, it's a matter of the record thing but I think we all knew that he he was having some difficulties and and on that same note uh, while well, we now kind of for the record publicly state that we open our meeting at 5 the public we open this as a public meeting we go into closed session. So any public that comes uh, wanting to come in to the public meeting should should definitely be entitled to do that. So in the future, I think there was some miscommunications and directions from a prior city manager um, and was given staff direction. I just cleared that up. We need to open the meeting. Public can come in. They can even have public comments before we go into closed session. So. So hopefully we got that. Now with that, I will ask uh, our council if he would like to lead us into closed session. I'd be happy to do that, Mayor. There are uh, two primary items on your closed session agenda tonight. The first one is a conference with legal counsel with regard to six matters of existing litigation. In this case, it's three different lawsuits and uh, three <coughs> binding arbitration decisions for the council to discuss. And, and Mayor, I know you will we'll note for the record that two of those cases uh, you will recuse yourself from. Uh, you're the plaintiff in both those cases, so obviously you'll yes. be going to recuse. And we'll Fully aware. The record. And then the other item is a public employee performance evaluation with regard to the title of uh, city manager. Thank you. All right. I, I have a question. Uh, our yes, sir. Yeah, are, are the two items that are here from uh, the mayor, are they the, from the, are they the same case or are they separate cases? They're separate Two cases. Separate cases. Okay, and then I know that every now and then we kind of deviate, like how we kind of note these cases. Sometimes it's uh, sometimes we just have Deborah Robertson. Sometimes we have just Alila Deborah Robertson. Is there a standard of how that is kind of set up? And the only reason I'm asking is because I know both of them are in the capacity as mayor. How, how would how would you decide how they're listed? The, uh, the last I time we, we noted these, I neglected to add Lelia on, and this time I used the full caption for her full proper name. Hmm. And so this is the standard that you'll see them if they come back up on the agenda again in this case. 
Okay. And, and, and thank you for asking the question and thank you for clarifying because I believe one of my colleagues did also note that uh, my middle name was not listed with my formal uh, litigation. So that is my formal full name is Lelia Deborah Robertson hyphen Rhodes. <laughs> this Lelia Deborah Robertson this time. Okay. Anybody have anything else? Uh, if not, I can entertain a motion to uh, any public comments. Uh, nope, there's a nodding of a hand. <laughs> so if there's no public comments, can I have a motion to I'll, go into closed session? I'll move to closed session. It's been moved by uh, Council Member Trujillo and seconded by Council Member Scott. Any objections? Hearing none, we're in closed session. Good evening, everyone. I'd like to call this meeting to order. It's the regular city council meeting on Tuesday, February 27th at 6.32 p.m. It's the meeting of the council, also acting as successor agency to the redevelopment agency, the Rialto Utility Authority, and the Rialto Housing Authority. Madam City Clerk, could you give us, do a roll call, please? Mayor Robertson. Present. Mayor Pro Tem Present. 
Councilmember Trujillo. Present. Councilmember Scott. Present. City Treasurer Ed Carrillo. Present. City Attorney Eric Bell. I'm present. City Manager David Cumming. Present. Okay. All right, and if everybody would now be so kind as to stand and join Mayor Pro Tem Carazelis as he leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance and remain standing for our invocation. Okay. Right hand over your heart. Ready, begin. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And if you would, the Pastor DeAndre McBride for Sunrise Church is going to lead us in invocation. Thank you. Let's bow our heads. Dear God, we thank you, Lord God, for your grace, mercy, and sovereignty, Heavenly Father, over the city of Rialto, Heavenly Father. Lord, we uplift the mayor and all the city councils and the leaders, Heavenly Father. Lord, we pray for all of our first responders, Lord God, our police chief, as well, Lord God, as our fire chief and all the law enforcement officers, as well, Lord God, as the firefighters and paramedics, Heavenly Father. Lord, we uplift all of our educational systems from high schools, middle schools, as well as elementaries. Let your love, grace, and mercy be upon them. In your precious son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And now we will move into our city attorney who will report out on matters of clo in closed session. session. Thank you, Mayor. There were two primary items on the council's closed session this evening. Uh, the first was a conference with legal counsel with regard to six items of the existing litigation. There were three cases and three binding arbitrations. Uh, the city council heard a report both from the city attorney's office and special counsel with regard to all of those items. There was no reportable action. The mayor did recuse herself from two of those items which were designated uh, on the closed session report under her name. The final action was a public, public employee performance evaluation title city manager. Uh, that item has not been completed and will be continued over to the end of the session this evening. That's right. Thank you. Um, thank you. All right. And now the next piece will be um, we're doing presentations and proclamations. I believe there is a certificate of recognition to Rialto High that is not occurring tonight. No, ne oh. uh, the next meeting. Okay, sorry, nobody told me. <laughs> Stay tuned for the Stay next tuned. meeting. <laughs> okay, and so now we'll move to communication and oral communications. We have one speaker, um, Marco Antonio. Mr. Antonio. Uh, buenas tardes. Mi nombre es Marco Antonio Villalobos. Uh, la liga es de Rialto. Uh, estamos aquí en la liga más de 20 años y hemos sufrido muchos. Uh, usted no, no están dando el lugar que nosotros merecemos. Es una liga de, de Rialto de, de, de niños. Question has lived in the city for over 20 years and is discussing a matter surrounding a neighborhood with kids. Okay, este, nosotros tenemos el permiso del Joe uh, Silva y este, el día 30 de enero, uh, supuestamente tenemos el permiso para hasta el 
último de febrero y cuando fui a, a ver lo del permiso, eh, resultó que no tenía permiso, que porque no tiene los barbran de los huellas de los coches, que lo cual nunca me los pidieron y, y rápido me quitó, el, me suspendieron el permiso. So he's talking about a soccer league in reference to the kids and that they didn't have a correct permission from the city to practice. Uh, he gave specific dates. So the permission was revoked on the 30th of January. Okay, so they suspended the permission to practice the league for the children. A lo largo de los años, este, nosotros este, hemos tenido varios este, atletas, ahorita están en una primera división de Bélgica, eh, de la Selección de Femenil de México, femenil, y hemos trabajado y me ha costado mucho, mucho la verdad, mucha pelea. No, no soy una persona conflictiva, tengo referencias de distrito de, de Rialto, pero cuando yo voy a pedir algo al, al, al Mirin, a la ciudad de Rialto, eh, nunca, hay nunca hay tiempo para mí, siempre están ocupadas las personas que deben atenderme, que deberían atender a la, a la comunidad de Rialto. So, he's saying that his league has had women from the National Soccer League come and visit. Can we hear you? Alright, so he's saying that his league has had women from the National Soccer League come and visit and that he doesn't consider himself to be a very combative person when he comes to these meetings and asking for permission for his soccer team to continue practicing. Um, uh, so he says when he comes here, he feels as though that there is self-interest from the people um, that he presents the information to. El Sanso Park, varias veces lo he tratado de aplicar, pero me dicen que no, que es para la comunidad. Y resulta que ahorita está un grupo, no sé de dónde sea, grupo nuevo, y ya tiene el permiso lunes y miércoles. Y a mí, que ya tenemos más de 20 años, al, uh, tengo bastantes niños de Rialto, no, no, me lo, no me lo han aprobado. Y la verdad, no, no, no sé cuál, cuál es el motivo o razón. So he's saying that the existing league that practices on Mondays and Wednesdays has permission at that park and he feels that he should be entitled to that because he had that before um, and feels that it's unjust that the existing practicing team is practicing there and he can't. Hace como un año y medio, por motivo razón, la corporación no me pagó un feed y y inmediatamente no me dio una oportunidad de arreglar mi situación y tajantemente me quitaron el permiso, volvió esa vez, fue la primera vez, y no me gusta a mí hablar de otras organizaciones, pero no miden el mismo, con la misma, la misma, ¿cómo se dice?, la opinión de solamente, yo hago un error y luego me quitan el permiso, y otras organizaciones hacen algo y, y, no, y no pasa nada, eh, es, y eso no, no, no es justo para, para nosotros y para atrás de mis, mis, mis coches y, mis, y los niños. He feels that other leagues get permission in terms of 
um, what they're allowed to get away with. And he feels that if he misses a fee or something that he is unjustly um, held to a different standard. Um, and it's unfair to his coaches and his the teammates on the team of the league. Esta, esta medalla la acaba de ganar el sábado un equipo de Rialto, representó la ciudad de Rialto, nacional, aquí, aquí está el, la prueba. Tengo las fotos que representaron a Rialto con mucho honor y a pesar, me da, me da sentimiento porque a pesar de las trabas que nos ponen, eh, nosotros seguimos luchando y aquí están las pruebas. Un, un equipo de Rialto ganó en Las Vegas, aquí tengo la prueba ¿no? y tengo las fotos. Y, y aún así, seguimos luchando. A pesar de todo, aquí está de repente un equipo de Rialto con honor, representó la, la ciudad de Rialto. So the medal he says is proof of a team that has brought honor to the city of Rialto that has won leagues in uh, Las Vegas um, and that they're going to keep fighting for what they feel is right um, and that their team is very representative of the city. Okay, este por último espero que que me me escuche mi voz. Este, no es amenaza, pero si no hacen algo, voy a traer mis, mis niños, mis coches aquí a la ciudad, a la reunión, como antes pasó, pasó, con el, con el señor Yovaca uh, nos, nos apoyó, y, y si no hay respuesta, voy a tener que traer a los niños de Rialto para que escuchen, porque, es, este, porque la verdad, pues me, estoy cansado de tantos que no me, pues no, no veo, no son, no ponen balance, a favor, siempre estoy tan en contra, no sé, yo estoy luchando, soy una persona honesta y, y por ser, también soy coach y también entreno niños, desde hace más de 30 años, también soy referee también. Okay. He said he's been coaching for over 30 years, he says he hopes that you hear his voice mm -hmm. and that it's not a threat, but he will bring the students or the, the team league in question so they can come hear the proceedings. Um, and then he referenced uh, a moment with Joe Baca where they had, he had supported them and the league had come to the city council meeting. Um, so he's saying that he doesn't want to get to that point, but that he feels that action needs to be taken. Okay, thank you. Okay, por último, nomás, las canchas de Jerry's Park no me permiten jugar los papás, mamás, hermanos, over de 18 años, Y yo quisiera saber en qué, en qué eh, parte del mundo no pueden jugar los papás juntos en familia. Tenemos que dividirlo eh, por, porque no se pueden jugar en, juntos en familia. Que es, mi liga es una familia, liga familiar. He eh, eh, pasado un problema, pero son leves de más de 20 años, no tiene ningún problema. Es que una, un, un problema que tuve y por eso me está afectando. Okay. So he mentions Jerry Eves Park and he says that his league is a familial league where parents can pay, play with children and he feels that it's unfair that the standards don't let him do that with his team. Okay, well thank you. Uh, oh, thank you, thank you you guys. Okay, uh, the city manager is Mr. Carmey and could you give him a card and I also think that he will probably let him know have uh, the assistant city manager uh, that handles community services coordinate with uh, with him to find out his concerns. Okay. All right. Any other oral communications? No, that's it. All right. Thank you. Um,
So now we will move into doing uh, what city council should consider uh, removing or continuing items on the agenda or anything that you failed is um, something you need to abstain from. And uh, Mr. Carmi, Carmi, Carmini. Um, I'm going to get it right. Carmini. Carmini will bring you harmony. That's right. Maybe. Good evening, <laughs> Mayor, members of the City Council. Um, I'd like to ask that one item be um, not considered on your agenda tonight. There's there's three public hearings. The first one, which is tab one of your agenda, concerns the water and wastewater rates. Um, I'm requesting the City Council table this item until a future date, which will be determined. City staff will bring back to you a new request to set that public hearing date, and uh, we will follow proper um, 218 state law notification requirements at that time. Okay, thank you. So anybody else have any other items they want to pull or abstain from? If not, oh, if you have something you'd like to yes. abstain from. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, tab two uh, is a uh, public hearing to consider amendment on Foothill. Uh, I have a business on Foothill Boulevard and uh, I will be recusing myself and uh, leaving the dais on tab two. Okay. Anyone else? With those notes, I'd like to move uh, the uh, consent items. Second. Okay. Moved by Councilmember Trujillo and seconded by Councilmember Scott. Any objections? Hearing no, none, I'm sorry, with the exception of uh, Mayor Pro Tem Carazelis recusing himself on tab two. All right, so we will now move to Tab two. Ma Madam Mayor. Yes. Um, I'm wondering, were there individuals that came tonight to speak on tab one? No one that I have that uh, came to speak on tab one. I just have three letters that Nobody, came okay. in the mail. I, I'm just asking that because I thought we should give them the opportunity to at least speak. Okay, thank you. Um, I, they, I, given that the noticing and everything, they could definitely, and we could take it as just oral communications because we're going to reschedule it, but fine. Uh, okay, so with that, let's uh, move into tab two, please. Yes, thank you, Honorable Mayor, Mayor Pro Tem, and Council. Hope we can call these Director of Community Development. The project before you today is the Foothill Central Specific Plan Amendment. It is a project that has been in the works for two years. It started in, back in February 2022. It was fully funded by a SCAG grant when it did uh, get initiated. Uh, that grant timeline has now expired. It's come to a conclusion here over that two-year period. The grant funds have been fully spent on the project, and staff is before you with the final draft form uh, pending your uh, approval. We do have a consultant here today from WSP, it's Mr. David Souls, who will be giving you a more detailed presentation on the matter. But the overall objective of the plan is to uh, remove barriers, uh, entitlement barriers from the public and development communities uh, so they can go ahead and move forward with applications for more creative housing projects, commercial projects, and mixed-use projects. Uh, these are the things that the plans were targeting and focused strategically on. And uh, the plan has been you know, well coordinated with our housing element and our overlay project that you all approved back in July of 2023. Um, so we are in sync uh, with those project policy documents as well. So I will pass the torch here to David and he can give you the more detailed presentation. And we stand here to answer questions, staff and the consultant. 
Good evening, Mayor and Council Members. And thank you for the introduction. Uh, so I'll jump into it, uh, starting with a bit of background on what a specific plan is. It is a comprehensive planning and zoning document for a defined geographic area that uh, is connected to and implements the general plan. So <clears throat> the Foothill Central specific plan update is actually a combination of two existing specific plans, the Central Area specific plan and the Foothill Boulevard specific plan. The uh, Foothill Boulevard specific plan is, is fairly recent, it's from 2010. The uh, central area or downtown specific plan uh, is very old, it's, it's from 1983. And so <clears throat> um, this, is, uh, this was a great opportunity to um, update the downtown area and also uh, update the Foothill Boulevard area while also being able to carry forward uh, certain elements of the 2010 plan since it's fairly recent. Uh, this is a map of the two areas that the two plans cover now. The specific plan update doesn't change these boundaries, it, it'll just combine them. And here we have a, a timeline of the, the process that we got to starting in February of 2022 uh, through today. Um, <clears throat> We started with a lot of background research, and then uh, in the spring, around April, jumped into um, community outreach, community and stakeholder outreach. We started with some pop-up events, workshops, and meetings. And then that outreach really was uh, essential to the process throughout, throughout the process, um, all the way through the end of last year, um, taking us to the, the final plan that we have today. And uh, in addition to the community and stakeholder outreach, uh, another um, driving factor of uh, helping develop this plan was the vision statement. This is a statement that was presented to the Economic Development Committee in uh, June of 22, and uh, then the Planning Commission in September of 22. Uh, and I'll just, I'll read it since it is an important statement for the development. For the next, 30 years, Central Rialto will continue to be the heart of the city, defined by its hometown character and functioning as an important job center and transportation hub. The historic Route 66 Foothill Boulevard will continue to serve as a gateway corridor through the city and to the downtown core. The Foothill Central specific plan area will continue to evolve as a lively mixed use destination that integrates housing for all incomes and ages with shopping restaurants, entertainment, and civic and arts uses and preserves existing landmarks. The specific plan will be a tool to implement high quality development standards along Foothill Boulevard and within Central Rialto that complement and enrich a public realm that is safe, green, and beautiful, incorporating landscaping, lighting, and public art. Streets and sidewalks will be designed for all ages, abilities, and modes, including pedestrians, bicyclists, transit, and cars. 
Here's an image from uh, one of our first um, public outreach events, and this was uh, at a community event back in the spring of 2022, where we re received a lot of helpful information on what people would like to see in the neighborhood, uh, and uh, both in terms of development, in terms of shopping and services. Also, uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of conversations about. Um, safety and mobility and getting around the city. We also held uh, in-person and online workshops. This is a screenshot from one of our online workshops where we were also uh, able to gather a lot of information and participatory style. In addition to those, we, uh, we had an online survey open and available for uh, a couple of months, I believe, to um, gather more input for folks who you know, want to continue to give us input uh, or were unable to uh, uh, attend meetings or pop-ups. So we were uh, able to get a lot of good information. In addition to the community engagement input, we conducted a market study to analyze both existing conditions for residential and uh, commercial markets, and also to forecast uh, potential future demand. So, and and this the market study was set for the uh, as a date of 2045, which is the the timeline of this plan. Some of the key findings from the market study really. Um, kind of converge on, on this, this gap between supply and demand, especially in residential, in the residential market. And so there's, um, there's extremely low vacancy rates uh, on multifamily residential in the plan area um, for all multifamily residential, and then especially for one-bedroom um, units in the plan area. And not surprisingly, corresponding with that was a significant year-over-year uh, -year rent increases. Um, so there is a there is the identified demand, supportable demand for additional residential in the plan area. So some highlights from what the specific plan includes and intends to promote are uh, increasing opportunity for residential and commercial development. Creating simplified zoning designations and the associated development standards. Uh, providing uh, the pathway for improvements to the mobility network and streetscapes. And then uh, as part of it, all specific plans, identifying the, the infrastructure that would be associated with this allowable additional growth and creating an implementation strategy to create a, uh, a path towards that infrastructure and other improvements. And so that's the, those are the, the key parts of this specific plan. And another note is that as part of this plan, we um, deferred to the existing parking standards throughout the area. So to touch on this first, this first uh, highlight of the plan, um, we uh, looked at how to best increase the opportunity for residential and commercial through first preserving the existing housing stock 
and then promoting incentives and uh, creating a, uh, a additional opportunity in the market for greater densities in residential development uh, and uh, commercial development and mixed-use development. Um, and by doing that, we're also maximizing the potential for um, residential development that is in proximity to businesses and services. The, um, the, the origin of this really, though, does come from the adopted, the city's six-cycle adopted uh, housing element, which um, set densities for uh, these two opportunity areas as identified in the housing element. Um, and that would be 35 dwelling units per acre for the Foothill Boulevard and uh, 48 dwelling units per acre for the central area. And this is uh, on the screen now is um, the specific program within the housing element that um, discusses those densities. And so we took those from the housing element, we transferred them uh, into the specific plan, thus this will be um, enacting that, that rezoning. So here are two images to uh, give you an idea of uh, what those densities look like. On the left is the 35 dwelling units per acre, an example of a project like that. Um, and that would be the for the Foothill Boulevard area. And then um, an example on the right of uh, 48 dwelling units per acre for uh, the central area. Another highlight of the plan uh, is identifying uh, improvements to the mobility network and to the, and to the streetscape. Um, and this has a couple elements that go into it. One was that uh, the, there, there is an existing plan for bus rapid transit on these corridors. And so uh, as part of that, um, the plan uh, recognizes that and uh, creates and includes a streetscape that uh, would complement that and support a BRT. Um, that said, the streetscape also uh, can function as a standalone improvement that improves uh, comfort and safety and accessibility for all modes of transportation. And, you know, starting with the most vulnerable mode of pedestrians through cyclist transit and motorists. And here's some images from the plan. Uh, the one on the left is um, the, uh, the proposed gateway uh, over Riverside Avenue at Foothill Boulevard entering the, to enter the downtown area and create an additional um, <clears throat> opportunity for, for identity building. Also identity building and wayfinding on the top right uh, is a proposed signs and for the entire um, plan area. Uh, and then on the bottom of that, well, on the top right, that, that rendering of the sign also has a space on, on the bottom of it for a uh, plaque that would identify Foothill Boulevard as historic Route 66. Um, this, you might recognize the, the, the images on the right. The, these are images that we carried forward and updated from 
the 2010 Foothill Boulevard specific plan. And so the bottom right there is, uh, is from the Foothill Boulevard specific plan, the, um, <clears throat> the inclusion of a, a planted median on Foothill Boulevard, uh, upgraded crosswalks and shade structures. So the plan also includes um, the required infrastructure improvements to meet the, um, the allowable built out, uh, um, built out specific plan. So there's additional commercial and residential in this area. And so it includes information on stormwater, water, uh, all utilities, and uh, identifies what is required to, to meet, those, meet those needs of the additional density, essentially. And this is part of all specific plans in the state as a requirement by the state. Um, another part of the plan is that what we were able to do in this, uh, as part of this plan, is take the existing um, zoning districts and development standards and design guidelines and really simplify them into uh, well, a, a, short, a shorter list of zones um, and a very uh, concise, clear uh, set of design standards that still provide a great, great opportunities for high quality uh, design, architectural design um, and development that uh, will help, help improve the aesthetics and, and help guide the, the development of the, these two corridors. And again, those <coughs> the zoning the zoning does include densities, and again, those densities are coming from the the adopted housing element. These are some um, some of the diagrams that are included in the specific plan to help folks understand uh, what is allowable in terms of height and setbacks, floor area ratio. Uh, for each of the, the seven zones. So the final um, part of this specific plan is an implementation strategy, which is another requirement by the state, where the plan lays out the actions and the programs and the projects that are proposed in the specific plan, and then uh, provides uh, a strategies, timelines, and funding uh, possibilities to get the city there. So I'll just close out with uh, two more slides. The first is the existing zoning map here. You can see the, uh, yeah, the current mix of zones for Foothill and Riverside and the surrounding streets. And then the proposed zoning here. Um, should point out that part of our rezoning here, we did not make any changes to the residential zones. We made sure to maintain those, the single family residential, the increased density residential, the multifamily residential. Those, those uh, have not changed. Um, and, uh, uh, but we did find there, there was a great opportunity to consolidate um, the zoning along both Riverside and, um, 
and Foothill Boulevard in terms of like consolidating the, the commercial zones and the services, and then uh, creating these, these two key zones, so the downtown mixed use and the Foothill mixed use zones, which will provide that additional opportunity in the area. And that concludes my presentation. I'd be happy to take questions. Thank you. Okay, um, this is a public hearing, and I would now ask the uh, city clerk if we have anyone who has put in a notice to speak regarding no, the no specific one. plan. Okay, well, without, I'd entertain a motion Move to, to close, close public, public hearing. hearing. Second. It's been moved by Councilmember Trujillo to close and seconded by Councilmember Scott. Any objections? Hearing none. The uh, public hearing portion is closed. Now, uh, I don't know if you if you have questions uh, I as well, Councilmember Scott. I have a lot of questions. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the development standard sheet. Can, can you tell me when that was put into place and how it got put into place? Or is it part of what we're approving tonight? The, uh, are you, uh, you looking at the, the diagrams as part of the development standards? This yes. Sheet right here, development yep. standards. Mm -hmm. I assume you prepared it. Yes, yes, uh, so that was, um, that was introduced in, in uh, an early draft of the plans probably about a, a year ago, I think. A year yeah. ago. Yeah. Do, do uh, you know why it wasn't brought to the Economic Development Committee for input and to look at? I'm sorry? I think the question was, why wasn't this brought to Economic Development Committee to look at these standards, these, these <coughs> racial standards, because I know we had somewhat of extensive discussions about, um, especially the uh, sections for the Foothill Corridor. And this is the first that we're seeing these standards, proposed the, standards. Yeah, the, the, the project itself went to the Economic Development Committee on three different occasions, uh, one I, I noted it in. Uh, I'm, I'm asking the questions that. right now. Excuse me. Okay, go ahead. So, would you address me? Yes, sir. Yes. Sorry. Okay. When was this put into place? So th this this would have been reviewed by the Economic Development Committee in the draft that was. This that was not reviewed by the Economic Development Committee. Okay. So th that that was the last presentation to the Economic Development Committee. And we continue to move things forward in this city without any input from the community and the Rialto City Council, which we all live here also. So when I see five-story, seven-story buildings being approved tonight, it, 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 it deeply concerns me that there's been no communication with us. Okay, so we, we conducted 15 different stakeholder meetings or public engagement meetings. I didn't go to stakeholder meetings. I, but Council it, members shouldn't go to stakeholder meetings so that they influence the committee on what they the community on what they think you should hear directly from the community yeah. the, but in those public meetings were planning commission uh, updates a city council updates and economic development committee updates and then june 23 is when the draft plan would have been reviewed by the economic development committee which would include this material can, as well. can you tell me when uh, the uh, area from sycamore to willow and from foothill down 
to almost first was a zoning change was made to make that all um, all um, multifamily residential. From, from Sycamore to Willow? Yeah. Because it's on the proposed, but the existing also. So do you know when that was, when that took place? Uh, I would need to go through the project notes. I, council member Scott, I, I don't have Okay, so you guys are not really ready to answer questions tonight, obviously. How many projects are in the city currently on hold because we're waiting for these these uh, zoning changes to occur? We don't have any projects in here that are on hold pending this these improvements. No projects? No. Nobody's waiting for projects for this no. zoning to come into place? M Madam Mayor, I, I can't vote on this tonight uh, in the way it's at. We haven't looked at these building heights. Um, we should be seeing what's behind some of these areas, and I right. think it's mostly residential. I agree to with be you. Putting seven-story buildings up against residential, I think, is a little ridiculous. Um, and I'm concerned about this area from Sycamore to Willow because you're just opening up a door for developers to come in and buy out small residential, single-family residential residents, and. Uh, and, and build multifamily residential. And if that's what your plan is, you need to be straightforward with the community about it. Because I think this community has some say-so. Just because you wanna do all this because arena and, and comply with the numbers that the ridiculous state of California has given you, I'm not gonna support that. So I would like to continue this item. Well, I would, uh, and that's fine, I heard you, but I'd like to also give Councilmember Trujillo an opportunity to, to share his comments, because I have some as well. I, I have the same concerns on this issue too, because I think in the beginning when we were looking at the numbers and we had the parking issues that uh, I was kind of uh, trying to highlight, um, you know, I had a sense that staff also wanted to kind of build up the city in this way. I had some concerns about that. I, I still have concerns about parking. It's a, it, you know, there's some, you mentioned, you know, meeting certain parking standards, but I'm sure a lot of our buildings in the city are meeting parking standards and they still have a number of residents that park on some of our thoroughfares, creating public safety issues there. Um, and so I, um, I, I have concerns about the density and the way that you're uh, creating the development standards here. But not only that, um, I saw that you, you mentioned transit, you mentioned all these other kind of value added uh, portions of this plan. And you know, I, I've been sitting here kind of talking about you know, the bus rap rapid transit that's gonna be heading through Foothill Boulevard in the next couple of years. Right now, the Omni Transit is finishing up its west, uh, west End Connector. As soon as that's over with, their high volume is right here on Foothill Boulevard. I'm hoping that you're able to kind of work with that agency to figure out how that's gonna work here. You know, you have the Metrolink, it's gonna have, you know, also uh, separation of, of grades coming up on some of the funding opportunities we're seeking. Hopefully you're taking that into account as well. Um, there's a lot of changes that are happening on the transit side and I just wanna make sure that's being captured here. But the, the development center is something that I've always had concerns about, mostly because 
you know, we also have parking issues in the city and, and we, you know, we're adding all these units without really addressing that. Um, the, other, the other thing I was, uh, and I don't even know if, if, if you've even had a plan to kind of bring in those different agencies um, as part of an input uh, session with them because uh, they have their own projects that they're getting get ready to start planning and I don't know if you've ever had a discussion with them on what that's going to look like. You're, you're, you mentioned a number of kind of um, gutters, sidewalks being planned for the area. I saw uh, for uh, the corridors you have uh, certain structures that you're already planning, but all that has to be kind of <laughs> coordinated with all the other agencies that have plans for our, for our uh, corridors as well. Um, you know, we're not the only agency looking at um, building and, and, and redesigning our community. So I'm hoping you sit down with them and just have a good kind of coordinated kind of strategy plan on how that's going to, that's how it's going to move forward because I think you're going to find a conflict on, on some of these um, plans that you have in mind. Uh, but that, those are my comments that I have for, for this. And I, I look forward to seeing what kind of changes are going to happen um, as this is being tabled. Thanks. Okay. My comments um, are also are along the same line. This does not look like uh, the document that has been noted in uh, the staff report and also in the presentation on the timelines of what has come to us and when. And I think uh, I'm somewhat familiar with the timelines and the grants and the money. And I remember we even put in an application for regional planning funds that we that we received that was supposed to be a specific regional plan for uh, focusing on the uh, central area but also focusing on the whole community from Foothill South and Merrill North to each west boundaries of the city to the east boundaries of the city but it seems like the focus you're, you're saying on the downtown is with some funds that came about back in 2022. I'm very confused because I know that the grant we just received notice was, was given to us in 2023. So then I'm wondering where those proposed dollars or if they've been provided yet. Um, I too have never seen the stacking and standards and where it would apply but I know we've been having extensive conversation about the Foothill Corridor. And then what uh, we talked about it, we talked about it being possibly mixed use and an overlay not required, but definitely uh, the concerns we've had, and I, you may not have been a part of those conversations, but we even went down to various parcels, wondering why one parcel across the street could be identified for changing from commercial to mixed use, whereas the parcel on the northeast corner where the Chase Bank is, which is the lease property, uh, we had not looked at the possibility that that any day Chase could move and that could be an opportunity for revisiting. I'm looking at these pretty pictures and thinking, where did this come from? Because the one that talks about an entry statement to the central downtown at Riverside looking south, south foothill, we've never seen that. That's a new piece, a new conceptual thought that it's like, so just in my general looking at it, I'm like, well, what are we doing? Where, where will traffic travel if we 
have parking on one side and a big wide medium, which looks like a walkway or a pathway or a bikeway. It, it's pretty pictures, but it doesn't make uh, sense uh, for me right now in understanding what we envision versus what we have. Even to the point when Councilmember Scott asked us anything on hold, um, I was looking to see on the current zoning, as you well know, 308 North Riverside Avenue ended up with, they were had a proposal to construct something or re, reconstruct the existing office building and somehow it caught fire and burned down. And so now it's uh, no longer a remodel, it's something that's gonna be new construction. And then I'm saying, well, if nothing's in the shop, you have it designated to possibly be downtown mixed use zoning but would that mean that there would be an expectation that they would put in a mixed-use facility because there's nothing to build on? Or, you know, if we pass this right now, it's not, the questions aren't clear here, but I've asked, what, are, what is the plans for 308? Uh, it, you know, is there an opportunity for uh, some multifamily residential? Uh, it doesn't look like it is. It looks like it's on the streets that are a couple of blocks off of the main corridor and the main corridor and off there is currently single family residential in most of the areas that you would be proposing for multifamily residential. The lots in that area seem to be very small. You'd have to buy out a couple of houses in order to make something happen that would be significant. I, I'm just really, trying to understand, and I look at the timelines, and uh, you said you came to the Economic Development Committee meeting on April 27, 2022, and the Planning Division, a presentation, and we were talking about always the foothill. I've yet to really see the downtown, because I think we were talking about the opportunity for more business and density activity, and so then you said, you brought it again on June 29th, 2022. The dates aren't lining up for me. I'm trying to understand how often would we talked about Foothill. I know we were focused on Foothill. I don't remember the, uh, the extensive discussion for Central. Uh, you made notations of times that you've gone out, that there's been outreach and everything, but there's no numbers. I haven't seen any gross numbers of so how many people did you actually uh, impact? Was there any signing in? I mean, just to be in locations, I don't, I, unless I missed it, I was thumbing through here to see if there was some kind of a log on comments from people, and I didn't see it. And maybe you could tell me, is it in this document so that we'd understand? So I. I too, I don't know what the timeline is. I think I heard in the beginning that we're up against a crunch line for losing grant money that either it's gotta be expended or lost. Is that true? The, uh, the, the grant has gone through its uh, entire time frame of the two year period and the grant funds have been used to build the work product today and then execute all the public engagement events that we conducted. Well, I, I think, uh, because this is a public hearing, I, I am at a point where I, I concur with them. I think we're very concerned with what we see as a final product. And, and some of this presentation seems to have taken, in my mind, a shift away from 
I, I think we even talked about, and I'm extremely concerned when we talk about the entries for the Foothill Corridor, given what I've seen and what has happened, unfortunately, on baseline, I'd be extremely hesitant to even entertain any rockscaping activities. It doesn't, and then that's still a commercial corridor with, as Councilmember Trujillo says, uh, there is plans, uh, there was plans before for us to have the BMX or the uh, express bus down Foothill and there was some actions that were taken when people weren't paying attention and we ended up with that express going to the west end first and now it will still be able to hopefully sometime come back. So I agree that we need to figure out how does that play into what we see as our design because it doesn't look like we have that thought for Foothill Corridor. It, it looks like, um, and I'm concerned with how the BMX uh, is laid out thus far in San Bernardino. It's calling it BMX or S, uh, SBX? Yeah, yeah the, yeah. the SBX, how it laid out in San Bernardino, how the problems were for the commercial, the businesses along that corridor. And then I'd like to see how it's being laid out in the West End. I don't think it's, it's got the same level of, of disruption to the commercial corridor and the business corridor on the West End as it did on in the East End with the SBX going through hospitality and from the from Cal State all the way over to Loma Linda. So, uh, what is you guys' motion? Mayor, I'd also like to point out that in that multifamily residential area, there are a number of historical homes there. I don't see how you convert them to multifamily housing without a fight from our community. Um, and I'd like to know if you intend to take these properties or try to take these properties through eminent domain. So all this has to be talked about before we're, I'm, I'm willing to move ahead with any of this. And this, this page here we're showing the proposed and existing zoning that's widened from what we originally shown. So I don't know how any of this happened, but I make the motion to table this item. I'll second. It's been uh, moved by Councilmember Scott to table it, and it's been seconded by Councilmember Trujillo. Uh, any objections? Uh, hearing none, uh, motion carries. All right, thank you. And now we will move on to uh, tab three. Mayor and Council, the next public hearing, tab three of your agenda, pertains to the placement of liens for delinquent refuse on accounts for the third quarter of 2023. There are 54 residential and 10 commercial properties on the delinquency list. Amy Crow, city's administrative analyst in facilities and maintenance, will present the staff report. Hi, good evening. Good evening, Mayor, Mayor Pro Tem, and members of the Council. This evening, I request that the City Council conduct a public hearing for the placement of liens for delinquent refuse collection accounts for the third quarter of 2023. On January 23, 2024, the City Council approved the request to set the public hearing for this evening, February 27, 2024, to review and consider the placement of liens related to delinquent refuse. Notices were mailed to the owners of the properties of the 54 residential and 10 commercial 
properties shown in the attachment one on February 1st, 2024. At this time, I would request that the city council conduct a public hearing and take public testimony considering the placement of the liens against delinquent properties identified on exhibit A of the resolution and adopt resolution number 8192 authorizing the filing of the liens against the properties for delinquent refuse accounts with the San Bernardino County Auditor Controller Recorder's Office. This concludes my presentation and I'm available for any questions. Okay, thank you. Um, Madam City Clerk, is there anyone who has expressed an interest to speak to this public hearing item? No. All right, entertain motion. Move to close the public hearing. Second. It's been moved by Councilmember uh, Scott and seconded by Councilmember Trujillo to close the public hearing. Any objections? Hearing none, it's closed. I have a question and I don't know if Councilmember Scott, you have your light on, did you have a question? Okay, well, I just have one. I noticed under the commercial service addresses and there was a rather large one on line nine by 128 South Riverside Avenue. Uh, it seems as though, this is 128 South Riverside Avenue when the block between First Street and Rialto Avenue? I don't know. Okay. I would have to <laughs> check a map on that one. <laughs> well, I would think we might need to start not noting this. I mean, I guess when I see, and, and I ask that partly because if I'm mistaken, we own some property there in some areas. So, I mean, are we putting a lien against our, the city? Are we not paying our water bill? <laughs> I, I'll check. I mean, Could this you is check cash, on that? I cash mean, service. So, if it's a city facility. I'm sorry, but I. Okay, well, I, I, it says one, and I know that, but it says south, it's south of first. And so south of first yeah. puts it south of, yes, but it's, but here, yeah, okay, thank you for And uh, where is first street? Right is up there, see, so um, they're right above this, because that's where they are. Yeah. Now the chamber is above yeah. first. And so this yeah. is something that is down by, um, okay, well anyway. I would have to talk that's okay. I just know between first and Rialto, it tends to be the numbers. And so uh, I would hope that if it's, I think we have just one facility in there, but it doesn't look like it's the piece that the city has possession of. I'll, I'll double check tomorrow okay. with Vertec once All we right. get to the office. Okay. And with that, anybody else? If not, I entertain a motion to move on the so moved. Okay, it's been moved by um, second Councilmember Trio and seconded by Councilmember Scott. Thank no you. objections. Motion carries. Thank you. Now tab number uh, four, and again, uh, Mr. Thank you, Harmony. Um, yes, Harmony. This first item of new business this evening, which is found at tab four of your agenda, returns for council consideration. This report pertains to the civil engineering services for design of a grant funded project, the Bemis Elementary School Safe Routes to Schools project. After this project is designed, we put out to bid as required by state law. The city's director of maintenance and facilities, Tim Sullivan, is here tonight and will present the staff report. All right. Thank you. 
All right, thank you, Mr. Carmody, and good evening, uh, Madam Mayor, Mayor Pro Tem, and members of council. Okay. Move. Uh, staff is requesting that the City Council authorize the contract change order in the amount of $196,000 to Proactive Engineering Consultants under their on-call agreement for pro uh, professional service engineering services for the design of Bemis Elementary Safe Routes to School Project and authorize the City Manager to execute all related documents. The Rialto Safe Routes to School programs are sustained efforts by parents, schools, community leaders, and the city to improve the health and well-being of children by enabling and encouraging them to walk and bicycle to school. So as a result, these programs make bicycling and walking to school a safe and more appealing transportation choice, thus encouraging a healthy and active lifestyle of students. There are several key milestones of the current plan, which was completed and accepted by the city in 2019 and funded by a Caltrans grant for $1.4 million. On your slide here, you can see some of those key milestone dates. And specific, uh, specific to Bemis Elementary, the city council adopted resolution number 8171 on November 14, 2023, accepting 716,000 $745 in grant funding, which uh, is separate from the original Caltrans grant and dedicated the funding towards Bemis uh, Safe Routes to School improvements. There are four current Safe Routes to School projects in various states. The Bemis Elementary School, which is this agenda item, is currently in the planning stage. Should council approve tonight's item, the project would transition into, into the design phase and incorporate the numerous elements outlined on the slide. Further, the design phase develops the construction and bidding documents and prepares the project for public bidding. This item was presented to council at the January 23rd meeting and the council posed several questions to staff to ensure this is a successful project. The council instructed that this item return and to provide answers to those questions. So regarding the utility and conflicts, several field visits were performed to identify potential issues within the proposed project area. Through these efforts, staff is aware of one location that may pose a possible conflict and require coordination with utility service providers. We will better understand the limitations through the design process and how to work around or address these conflicts or any others that may be identified. Regarding implementing bicycle lanes on Pepper Avenue, because the adopted safe route to school uh, improvements that are proposed are within, the, within this plan are conceptual, the original improvements included bicycle lanes on Pepper Avenue. These bicycle lanes were omitted from the design proposal request for this project because bicycle lanes, um, the lane striping is included in the current San Bernardino city-led Pepper Avenue reconstruction project. So in closing, I'd like to mention that there is sufficient funding to issue proactive a design contract. This project is currently grant funded for $716,745. In addition to the grant funding, a local match of approximately 758,000 has been budgeted through Measure I fund, which brings the total budget for this project to $1,174,000. Thank you, 
And this concludes my presentation. I'm available for any questions. All right, thank you. Um, did you have a question, Councilmember Trujillo? Yes, yes. I, I see, uh, you know, there's ADA ramps. Uh, some of the questions I had is just a placement of some of the additions that you'll be adding. I see school signage, uh, some of the additions I see. Um, trying to see what other structures you have proposed here. Uh, I, I, are you also um, proposing signalized intersections? So not signalized intersections, no. One of, uh, one of the items that, that's currently in Bemis in, in the area there is a lit crosswalk. Okay. And that's outdated, problematic, and what we've been using throughout the city is a rapid flashing beacon. So you've seen those at Eisenhower. Recently we installed those. Downtown we installed those. So we'll go to more of a standardized there. Um, there's a sidewalk improvement. We know there's a lift there that's included. There's at least one site. So there's crosswalk, signage, things like that that'll, that'll be improved. And the slide wasn't a full capture of everything. Okay. It's just a summary. And I, I just wanted some guarantees because I, you know, I think it's just really important to just have kind of uh, the space for ADA for any of our sidewalks. And, you know, we have a history in our, in our city with just adding kind of obstructions to our sidewalks. And I just want to make sure that with these projects as we're trying to improve the walkways that we're not intentionally trying to put obstruct obstructive uh, structures that will keep people from uh, being able to walk back and or, or, or use a wheelchair uh, to go back and forth. Right, and that's, that's one of the key components of this to identify that because we have a lot of cross slopes and things like that, that that we have to be mindful of and even right of way in certain areas that it's it's narrow and that's what this this design will identify. And I see it goes into San Bernardino. Um, is there any kind of coordination with what's going on on the other side? It, it'll stay within the city okay. limits itself. Yes. Okay. All right, thank you. Thank you. Well, I have a couple of questions. Um, Following off what Councilmember Trujillo said, I know that you said this will stay within the city limits. However, when we did a, a comprehensive assessment of state routes to school, which this is one of them, in that document, it was identified that the signal at Pepper and uh, Etiwanda was a part of a safe routes to school, and we had discussions about everybody sharing in the costs. So. I'm still wondering why is it not uh, being identified? Maybe you can explain what's the schedule for the city of San Bernardino and the city of Rialto to put that in because even since then and with the road improvements and as you know in the improvements on the uh, curb cuts, ADA curb cuts, the concern is have we, I, I'm being told that everybody's gone out and made the appropriate setbacks for a signal at some point. But again, the, that's a concern because that Pepper, Pepper Avenue is probably one of the, the two busiest roadways along this corridor with the, with the exception of Riverside Avenue. So I'd like to know that and then I have a question about the sidewalks. Okay. Yes, Mayor, and you are correct, and that's one thing that the Safe Routes to School plan did identify as mm -hmm. Pepper being a high-volume street. And that, and that in that particular intersection, Etiwanda and Pepper being a concern about mm -hmm. safety. 
And in the conceptuals, they did include a traffic signal in there and improve as a proposed improvement. So we did do a traffic study last year on that intersection. We've had some conversations with San Bernardino. It did not meet all of the warrants, that intersection, to install a traffic signal. We also sought funding as part of the Bemis to install the traffic signal. And this is part of TDA cycle three. The TDI grant reviewers said, no, we will not put in a signal. Signals speed up traffic around schools because when you get a green light, you don't stop. So what we've done recently at that intersection is installed a, a blinking stop signs. So to help visually represent or see that so the public can see that and notice that. But that's kind of the backstory on grant and pursuing funding for that signal and also the denial from TDA cycle three to fund that and the reason. We still have truck traffic going down that corridor, which we had expect that we would not. Uh, we decommissioned it, but we found that we had to coordinate that with the city of San Bernardino. And when we came back earlier this year, I was heard, told that we're still was waiting for a letter that the city of San Bernardino was supposed to take action on uh, at their council to authorize it. And I haven't heard back from whoever. I thought that I look over to law enforcement because I thought that they were also taking that lead or had some role in that. So, and you to sit and say we haven't had what an accident or we haven't had a kid hit because we've had accidents out there. Correct. And I can't imagine what level of warrants we need and how many. Uh, again, I'm familiar with the warrants, and um, I'm I'm surprised that you're standing here saying that it doesn't meet warrants, what, in our, in our side or uh, collectively, because half of the road, maybe even three, is, all, is under San Bernardino's jurisdiction, and half is under the Rialto. So I'm, I would really question that statement. I really would, and, and I have a real problem with that, being that I've watched and witnessed accidents in that intersection, because you do know that's primary way to go home. And I think every so often Mayor Pro Tem Carzellis finds himself on Pepper, except for when he can't stand the backup. So um, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I have too. So I, I really have a problem with that statement, and but it's made publicly, so I'd ask that I'd be able to have a discussion with someone. And I think warrants usually fall under the police department. Uh, at least some of the data to help support it. So I'm asking that I see that, uh, Mr. Carmony. Okay? And then, because we're talking about safe routes to school and the design elements is ADA ramps, crosswalk improvements, street signs, street striping, plan processing, whatever that means, medians and coordination, those are actions, not dry utility coordination, bid documents, engineering. Where in there do we look at the sidewalk itself? Besides it being ADA wide enough to accommodate, and I ask that because I had to call attention that the, the sidewalks were lifted by the trees that were in the easement. So we went out there and we made improvements and, and fixed the lift. Mm -hmm. But apparently one part of the lift wasn't high enough because we left it. I guess we needed to wait for it to lift high enough 
so we'd come back and do it. So I would ask that you go back and look at that because it was already lifted, but we did two of the three lifts. I don't know why. I'll, I'll look into so it. So if I'll we're going to do a safe route to school, we need to make sure all those areas from the intersection over to the other one, uh, th those trees are not, are not lifting them because you know that they did. And, and we left one. And so I think it's time to move on this project. Um, I'm not really happy with that answer. I mean, you know, but you, that's what you, you publicly said, and so I'm gonna have to find out. And nobody said anything about the status of the, the letter. So city manager, will you follow up, maybe reach out to the city manager in San Bernardino and, and, and find out why there's an objection? Because I don't think the community along that corridor is uh, in favor of keeping trucks, and there's no commercial activity between Baseline and Foothill. So I don't know why they would want to continue to tr keep the truck activity on there. But somehow we are in a position, because it is joint jurisdiction, that we have to get them to also sign off on it. Understood. All right. So with that, you guys want a motion, if that's what you're ready to act on? So moved. Second. It's been moved by Councilmember Scott and seconded by Councilmember Trujillo. Um, roll call. Councilmember Scott. Aye. Councilmember Trujillo. Aye. Mayor Pro Tem Kyra Sanders. Aye. Mayor Robertson. No. I'm not accepting the comment. No warrants justified not having a signal. Session, so why don't we take the opportunity? Oh, and we have what's going on. I don't have to. Oh, sorry. Good evening. Good evening, Mayor and Council. I'm standing in tonight for our Parks and Recreation Director who is away at a conference this evening to share with you the what's going on in Rialto slides. Here we go. Oh, where'd they go? There, there, there we go. Okay, so what's going on? Uh, Teen Glow Hunt registration opens March 1st. The Mobile Recreation in Ferguson Park is uh, this Saturday, March 2nd from 9 to 12. Uh, the State of the Women event is also this weekend on March 2nd at Cal State San Bernardino at 9 a.m. The North Rialto Little League is March 2nd at Birdsall Park at 9 a.m. Swim lesson registration opens March 2nd and 3rd. The Pickleball Workshop is at Ferguson Park March 2nd at 9 a.m. Volleyball and Basketball registration opens March 4th at 7 a.m. Rainbows and Unicorns Senior Social at Grace Vargas Senior Center is from 2 to 4 p.m. The Rialto Pony opening ceremony is March 9th at Bud Bender. The time is to be determined. Rialto Eastern Little League opening ceremony is March 9th at Frisbee Park, 10 a.m. Girls Softball opening ceremony is March 16th at Frisbee Park at 10 a.m. The Passport Day is March 16th at 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. 
Rialto basketball team is going, they're going to two tournaments in March, uh, Palm Springs, March 16th and 17th, and the Inland Empire tournament is March 23rd and 24th. There are six Rialto teams that will be going to both tournaments. And then we have a save the date for some big events that are coming up. The spring extravaganza is March 30th at Frisbee Park. Uh, the color run will start at 9 a.m. around the park, and the extravaganza starts at 10 a.m. Wristbands are on sale. And the Grace Vargas Senior Center Stacks on Stacks Pancake Breakfast is coming up in April. So there's a lot coming up, a lot to look forward to. Thank you. For now, please. Councilmember Scott. Yeah, Madam Mayor, um, just one item. Um, I'd like to request that uh, the city attorney place on the next agenda uh, the item for an item of discussion and approval, um, an item that was uh, passed by ordinance by the County of San Bernardino, Chapter 82.22 Sphere Standards Overlay. If you recall, that's an item you and I discussed in, in EDC with staff, and it relates to the fact that the city has an ordinance in place that allows cities to adopt uh, the ability to have some say-so over anything that gets built in a county sphere. Mm -hmm. We requested staff from Development Services to move forward with that with the city attorney's office which the city attorney's office did do. However, staff has failed to bring that item forward. So I would like to direct us to direct them to bring it forward. And what it does is it allows us any projects the county's building in a sphere, it, it will require them to meet city standards for that project. Mm -hmm. And as you know, as you and I know, and the rest of the council I, I would hope knows, there are a lot of county projects, namely warehouses, um, coming in coming into our being proposed in our spheres that we need to have some say so about and certainly need to have the ability to recoup some revenue from so if uh, it's okay I would like to have it on the uh, next City Council agenda I believe it is ready to go and it's just a matter of us adopting it and sending it back to the county there are 18 cities that are on this list only two, the city of Fontana and um, I believe it's Victorville has adopted it. No, Fontana and Apple Valley are the only two cities that have adopted it. And I think it's really because none of the cities knew about it. Um, so I would hope that we would move forward with uh, adopting it. Okay. Yeah, on the, um, you know, we, we did, uh, talk about our specific plan earlier today about with the foothill and downtown corridor i was going to ask staff if they could also provide us with copies of the um the arena uh, numbers and the plans in our in our sphere of influence as well uh you know i i hearing that the county you know does uh, is planning and in, in our sphere of influence and i actually want to know what they're actually planning for the arena and the housing element um, something that we took time to kind of uh, put together here. I'm really interested to see if they have any plans for our, any of our islands or any of our areas just right outside the city. Kind of want to have a better picture of what's what's happening to our uh, to the to the areas just right outside 
So I don't know if, if, if our uh, staff can give us some some copies of those plans just so that we could kind of just have an idea of what we're, we're looking at for growth. Through the chair, certainly. I, I just had a question for clarification. The matter that Councilmember Scott asked about, as I understand it, we've got a couple of members that aren't going to be at the next meeting. And so if it's all right, we'll schedule that one for the one when those two members that are going to be missing next time return. Well, you know what? I think you brought up a good point, and we probably need to be discussing the next meeting. Okay. Giving uh, that one member is already in recovery. Right. Ma Madam Mayor, if I could add to that, unfortunately, through a doctor, I am grounded okay. for at least the month of March Again? and April. Again, <laughs> Again, I spent eight hours at Loma Linda last night. Okay. Okay, well, we'll coordinate those dates. Good. And, and then I wanted to bring up. Point well take note <laughs> though. Thank you. And then just to, to finish, I wanted to bring up two young ladies. I have Surya Urieta. Would you come up and introduce yourself? She's one of my staff members, as well as Stephanie. Is Stephanie still here? Stephanie Orozco. I think she might have stepped out. But definitely just if you want to just introduce yourself, she's new to, to my staff and my intern here in the city. You uh, turn your mic on. Thank you. <laughs> um, again, my name is Sarah Urbieta. I'm currently attending Crafton Hills College in Ucaipa. I am, like Mr. Trujillo said, um, his intern, and I'm just very excited to learn more about the city and see how we can help you guys out a little bit. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's it. Thank you. That's it. Mayor Pocam. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Over the head. I uh, attended a few. Uh, ribbon cuttings and grand openings here in the city uh, along with uh, the mayor as well. We were both at the uh, Rialto uh, uh, Metro, which uh, was a, well, I, we had uh, some news coverage, Channel 7, Channel 9, I didn't see any of it. Did you see any of it, Madam Mayor? What? No. Any? No? <laughs> they were all there, I wasn't sure, but uh, anyway. It was um, really, uh, uh, I mean, it's the, the uh, first affordable transit-oriented uh, development here in the city. So glad to see that we are moving on, on um, you know, getting our housing numbers up. Uh, and also attended the uh, Black, uh, Black History Celebration at, um, there you go, Black History Celebration, uh, along with the mayor as well. And we were... Uh, it was uh, really um, nicely crafted by the Rialto Unified School District. Uh, mayor and I also, well, it was the mayor's direction, but she, uh, she uh, took the initiation of uh, getting uh, Mr. Uh, Kenny Clark uh, placed for the uh, Rec no, recommendation. Made a recommendation, so we'll, we'll just have to sign him up, but uh, yes. made a recommendation to actually get him uh, inducted into the Rialto Hall of Fame. So that was a uh, um, really good announcement and uh, they were, the family was very surprised. The family lives out of town and so does he. So it was nice that they were able to make it out. And uh, lastly, um, I have a request. Uh, so uh, Mr. Brown, um, there's, 
there's been a, I, I need some updates on some things that, and you don't have to have answers now, but I'd like to get a, um, an update for the council uh, regarding Frisbee Park and the slide and some of the things that happened with the, uh, some of the equipment that was delivered and faulty from the beginning. I, I asked for this and, you know, whether we have a positive outcome or a negative outcome, somebody needs to circle back and let us know that these things, either they worked out one way or another, but uh, we, we really need to, to pay close attention when we're spending millions of dollars on projects, on whether it's a, a park or a sidewalk or anything, if we have questions that um, our community is asking us about, you guys have to come back and circle, circle back to us and let us know what happened because uh, you know a lot of times time goes by and maybe you didn't get an answer, it wasn't a, or it wasn't an answer that you think is favorable. We still need to know. So if you could please give us a report back on, on what happened with some of that equipment over there. And also I know there was at, at Joe Sampson, there was also some equipment that failed within the same you know warranty time frame. So I'd like to get an update on that and to see if some of that equipment was replaced because uh, some of it was, uh, was dangerous. So I wanna make sure that whatever happened there that, that uh, we know uh, exactly what, what the outcome was and uh, whether we're replacing it or just like to know uh, exactly um, how and, and what we're doing about it. And uh, that's all I got, Madam Mayor. Okay. Okay, well, a couple of things, I'll try and be quick, uh, just to follow up uh, with what Mayor Pro Tem said about the uh, this Black History Celebration event at Carter High School, I want to say it was definitely, it was an outstanding performance by the youth and the kids and, and their recapping of historical historical activities within um, Unsung Heroes was the theme of the whole thing. And again, hats off to the school district, did an outstanding job. And what Mayor Pro Tem said was, yes, they, as a special uh, guest uh, that wasn't on the program, they had uh, Kenny Clark, who graduated from Carter High School. And a number of you may know that Kenny uh, is with the Green Bay Packers, uh, defensive tight end, number 97, has been doing very well. And so he made a surprise appearance. He had been at the parade that had been asked to be over in Fontana. And so the kids were uh, excited about that. Not only that, uh, his mother and his father was there. And so I did say that I would be making a recommendation going through our process. And I would uh, think that uh, we certainly would support that to have him uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. I believe the other person that we've had that has come through our school system that we all know about to date, and someone can correct me if there's someone else, is Ronnie Lott. I don't know if we've had any others, so it, you know, hopefully. And then I found out today that our Hall of Fame event has been moved up. I know it was last year, didn't quite understand the process, but it is in September, uh, the first week in September. So. That's pretty much uh, the, what was there. We had a lovely opening, even though it was raining, amazing. 
with the Metro view, but it was still a great turnout. I would like to say um, welcome home and get well to uh, Miss Faye Coates. I don't know if some of you know, but Faye had um, been in the Rialto Acute Care facility for, a, a, I guess, a couple of months uh, due to dehydration. I went and saw her on Sunday, and she was released on Monday. So she's back home, hopefully, with uh, care, social, I mean, with support services or what have you. But we did get a call. Uh, I was informed by uh, the city clerk's office, Miss um, um, uh, Maria, that uh, she called and she had indicated she unfortunately would not be able to attend the State of the Women event that's coming up this Saturday, 18th annual, at Cal State San Bernardino due to a death in her family. So. I'd like to extend uh, condolences to, to her on that. Um, you know, Faye has definitely been uh, a figure in our community, and uh, she did share that she's 93, and she's still, still looking like she plans to do everything that she's been doing. And then I, I would just like to take the liberty. I had the pleasure this morning to, to speak with my grandson, who I think I've told you, he was in Kuwait. And the funny thing was this past weekend was his birthday, the 24th of February. Um, and I just would like to say thank, happy birthday to Jeff because his uh, birthday, it's a 12 hour difference. So I, we'd have to set the clock to make sure we wake up or by the time I told him happy birthday, he was already through half of the, the day of his birthday or it had already started. So anyway, um, Looking forward and really praying that he will be able to, he should be returning from uh, offshore and back stateside by the end of March. And so looking forward to that. And so with that, um, I think that's, that's uh, it for me. And I would ask if anyone else have any other item, that we will be returning to closed session. So motion to return to closed session. So moved. Second. Okay, there's no objection, so we will be returning to closed session. Thank you.
I'd like to call this meeting uh, back to order at 8.58 p.m. And uh, I would like to ask our council, counselor, council, if you'd like to report out on closed session. Mayor, thank you. Uh, we had one item left uh, that was unconcluded after the closed session prior to the regular meeting. That was the public employee performance uh, evaluation of the city manager and uh, council did complete that item and I don't believe there's any reportable action for that item tonight. All right, thank you. And before we uh, adjourn, I would like to just note that I meant to do it before we went out to say that this will be our executive assistant, Angie Perry's last council meeting. Uh, she will be retiring on March 7th and uh, there will be a farewell for her on March 6th but I've also asked that she will return at our next council meeting. Um, well, not the ninth one, but uh, the second one, so that we can actually give her a certificate recognition of uh, her outstanding work for us in the city of Rialto. So with that, I'll entertain an adjournment. So moved. Second. Okay, it's been moved by Councilmember Trujillo, seconded by Councilmember Scott. No objections, we're adjourned. Thank you.